Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Doctor Who and Autism series. Today I'm John Airy and we're going to be speaking about Doctor Who and Autism today. Um, of course, so Ari, thank you for, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. Like um, before, before we kind of start recording, we said long time no see because we only did like another panel, um, the about maybe one to two weeks ago, so not long. <laughs> that's the first time you and I had actually met. So yeah, and I, I remember I fangirled like crazy when I, when I saw that that wardrobe behind you. I was like, oh, <gasps> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's a good because uh, I didn't know you liked Doctor Who. I do, I do. I I can't say I'm a huge geeky geeky fan, but I do, I do like like it a lot, and um, it it sort of like represents a lot about. I suppose there's a lot of things pro and con autism in it that we could explore yeah. today. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, before we get into all that, would you mind just introducing yourself? Um, first? Mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Uh, my name's Eri, Eri Berry, Berry, whichever you want to call me, and I run two YouTube channels. One is just called Eri Berry, which I haven't really uploaded for about a year because I'm focusing more on my true crime channel, which is called Eri Berry True Crime. I'm on Twitter, I've got a Facebook page, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, but I don't do a lot of TikTok. TikTok. Uh, I work full-time, so I'm trying to do everything, but it's not that easy to do everything. So trying to do these podcasts, but focusing a lot on my True Crime channel, so True Crime's your thing. Go over. Yeah, you're, you're very busy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm, I'm glad you have some time today to talk about autism, Doctor Who. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really nice to um, kind of talk. Um, so before we kind of start maybe on the Doctor Who side of it, do, do, do you want to say maybe a little bit about when you were diagnosed with autism? Yeah, I was, uh, well, leading up to it, um, I was 28 when I first had an incl- inclination that it could be autism. When I say it, I mean like all the quirks and eccentricities and why I found certain things difficult. And if anything, I was trying to refute it. I was trying to look into, you know, that it definitely wasn't that. But the more I did, the more I was drawn to it. So to cut long, long story short about trying to get a referral and then eventually get the, um, the assessment and all the paperwork you have to fill in. I was just shy of my 32nd birthday when I was diagnosed. And since then, um, it's it's been a really strange journey because I then had to go through a period of self-acceptance. Mm. And I think only the last two, three years that's actually happened. And that's like five years after I was diagnosed. It took a long time. Um, but I think now I'm nearly 40. Um, it's um, I think I'm a lot more comfortable with being who I am than I ever was before. Yeah. It's um, it's very hard when you get diagnosed, isn't it? Um, not just with autism, with anything really. Um, um, like you accept it, and you, and then I think when you learn to accept that you have autism and and stuff, you can kind of um speak about it like we are today, like we did mm-hmm. in the panel that we did. Um, but yeah, because there's there's so much on top of autism in there that you can talk about. Definitely, and I think what a lot of people don't think is that if everybody's got with autism has the same personality has the same quirks is on the same wavelength wavelength that we are still individual people and no two autism autistic people are alike just like no two neurotypical people are alike because they could have other things too or nothing else and um doesn't mean that we're all automatically going to get along um 
I'm, I'm gay as well. And I found the same thing when I tried to get into my local gay community. I thought that everybody would be welcoming with open arms, but they weren't. And it was hard to break into and I never really did. Um, so it's that's a whole so I think I think the whole social thing has been so difficult for me but now I've kind of come to accept that I'm not a social person I never will be a social person and that's fine that's perfectly fine animals are way better yeah yeah, yeah. it's it is something that like because we're all different we're all going to be like sociable um um like it is it is it is very hard though like mm. um I was diagnosed when I was um nine and like in the, that was in the two thousands, like early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um and like but now back then lots of people my age were, were getting diagnosed about then. But mm-hmm. but now, like twenty years later, um I see more people older on like later on in life, not like age nine or anything really. I see more like 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 thirties or even older. Um which it's very interesting because it was the thing when, when I was nine, everyone was about nine, ten, around that kind of sort of age. But it's a thing where you can be any sort of age. But like you say, self-acceptance is very important. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of people, the misconception about autistic people is that we don't like socialising. Well, actually, we do. It's just that we are autistic people in a neurotypical world and we have to dance to a tune with which we cannot tune into, if that makes sense. And having to compromise and find workarounds without anyone there to guide us and just work it out for ourselves and get it wrong so many times is hard, very hard. Yeah, it is. Like, um, when I found out I was autistic, I, I didn't accept it either mm. at first. Um, it was a, a time of that primary school. Um, and then I went into secondary school and I, I still wasn't really accepting it. <laughs> until yeah. really late on maybe year 9 10 and 11 maybe around yeah. that sort of time and it was um yeah it, it was difficult like like I was I was one of those type of people you know in, in school with people doing their work um and they all know what they're doing and I'm maybe the only one that doesn't and I, I'll still say I know what I'm doing and pretend to write answers down on the sheet I was I, I did struggle to ask for help and um it is very hard, but um, I guess yeah, I guess as you get older, you, you grow confident when you talk about the things that you never thought you would talk about. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. And it's like finding the um, the answers to who you are. Like I think Hannah Gadsby described it as she'd been handed the keys to the city of me. Yeah, yeah. It's it is um, it is it's it, it like it is very interesting talking to different people like because um, I guess one of the problems that when you get diagnosed, you maybe don't know anyone who has autism, if you haven't heard of it. Mm. Um, because it, it is, it, like, now, now you maybe, now we've had it for, a, like, we've diagnosed for maybe quite a while now, and, like, mm. you kind of, now we kind of think, if someone else don't know what autism is, you kind of put yourself, like, you don't know what autism is, you never heard of autism, and then when we have maybe diagnosed, maybe we didn't know, so... I guess you don't know until you mm. properly you don't know until you got it, but you have something yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and it's um, it's also um, it amazes me that everybody, the average person walking down the street, they're a psychologist in their own right. They know more than the psychologist. They can tell if someone's autistic or not. We don't need psychologists. 
yeah, whatever. You know, the amount of times I had people telling me, oh, you haven't got autism, that's because you have been misinformed as to what autism is. The whole world's been misinformed. It's a lot more, it's a lot more broader than, than, we, than we think. And that information has fallen under the radar. It, it's, uh, we're trying to make people aware of it now, but they're sort of, in a way, not open to it. Because I think from a, maybe from a neurotypical point of view, because it's to do with behavior, they just think that we are plain refusing to play by the rules and that it's a personality trait as opposed to a software um, difference. Like, what was it, the autistic gardener, he, Alan Gardner, he said that we are different operating systems, we're not broken computers. So you, you can't expect a, a, an Xbox to play a PlayStation game and vice versa. No. Definitely. No, yeah, I, I I understand that, and it, it it's almost like um, like the world isn't meant like 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 we spoke about um, like the educational system in the panel that we was in, like it's not kind of there to um, for it's not there like the like the whole system isn't for meant for autistic people really, it's it's not worked for us, mm-hmm. but um like because uh because it, it everyone's different and everyone has a different experience like like for me i i, I went to i had a year in one mainstream school wasn't for me mm-hmm. um no one really understood me then i went to a special school where people have autism and other needs too but some people are okay and mm. um it, i guess it depends on the person you are but um I think the way it all depends on the way teachers are and how their mannerisms are, the way they flap their hands, maybe, <laughs> and yeah. they they all do what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I I liked when we was on that panel, Ari, is uh that you mentioned um the land of um was it or speaker. No, I'll, no, I'll, 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 if I were yeah. if I were to win the lottery and I would buy an island, I'd call it Autistica, and we could all go there. We could all have a wonderful time, and I, of course, will be queen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Connor will be. He said he wanted to be prime minister. Fine, I'll give him that. <laughs> and um, I think um, we'll um, we'll have you as the head of entertainment because you're into the whole science fiction thing. So that'll be good. <laughs> but yeah, it's just basically um, creating our own utopia or whatever. So um, that, that would be an amazing place. And I, I often used to think if, if there was such thing as Doctor Who and the TARDIS, if there was such place as Autistica, I'd love to go there. Yeah. But if we're talking in terms of the actual show, there is one place that almost made me cry, and that was the planet of the Ood. Yeah, like uh, the one with... Um... It was it, it it was the one with um Donna in it, wasn't it? Um, mm. That one. Um, but the the only thing I got, you know, in the episode when um I think one of the main pe- people of her, who, who's in charge of the Ood mm. um um turned into a Ood <laughs> like mm. towards the end, and I got quite freaked out of that bit. It was it looked really real. <laughs> It, it did, but the thing is, the Ood are actually peaceful, and yeah. they may look weird, but they're not weird, and that's the, I think it's kind of the opposite thing with autism, is that we don't look different, but we are different, and it's, when I saw the places like being, being as it was, I don't know what it was about it, I thought, I want to live there. I think I would feel kind of in my place there, because I wouldn't be the only weird person. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I do love the dude though. That they are like, I think if they we all go to this place called Autistica, mm -hmm. the dude, I've got to be there. I think. <laughs> Definitely, I think I think that would be great. You know what? I might even do a fan fiction um, on that because I did fan fiction for Sherlock years ago because I had major writer's block and I did fan fiction to get rid of it. And yeah. I might I might do a, a fan fiction for a uh, for Autistica for Doctor Who. So if we can we can do that. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a, a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um like um it's a shame my child doesn't really work, so <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Um but but you get people making their own TARDISes now, don't you? Like um yeah. there. Definitely, yeah. I suppose you could sort of do it as a, an illusion, like it, a bit like it was in the Big Bang Theory, where you put the, the doors on the outside of the building, so it makes it look like it is the cool box, but then you open the doors and it's an open door to the building. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. Yeah, like, like, I think food would be good in, in Autistica. Um, I, I picture it to be really snowy. I, I don't know why, because like the Ood, the planet of the Ood may be snowy, like it could be a, a snowy winterland or something. Oh, Winter Wonderland, be gorgeous. Because yeah. then it'll be be a lot better on the sensory because it won't be too hot, and if it is cold, you can just snuggle up, and it won't be too bright, and there won't be all these flies and everything flying around and everything, and you can just focus on being comfortable, drinking hot cocoa. That'd be brilliant. Uh, so uh, I I I also like the um, the idea of the library. From Silence in the Library, of course, without the Vashton Narada, they can go. But um, I like the idea of that library being there, all of that life. knowledge, and you know, you could. Um, it, it just looks amazing. All these books that you could read, and you could probably be a little bit like the Vashton Narada, where you can actually look up digitally all the subjects of a book without actually having to read the books. <laughs> it's almost like downloading information. But honestly, it looked amazing. I was like, yes, I want to go and live in that library. Oh, I love that. I love those episodes, mm -hmm. the, the, the library episodes. Mm -hmm. um, like, I love that. Like, it looks really big as well. Mm. Um, like the library. Planet-sized, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But um, it was... Um, yeah. It makes makes you wonder because it because it's it's supposed to be basically it was was it the figment of a girl's imagination? Yeah, yeah, it was. But in yeah. real life, but you but the TARDIS can go into places like that, and um, and I think it was quite sneaky of them to create the Vashta Narada because they didn't really have any life form, did they? All they did was go into those people's spaceship suits or whatever, and um, but then what I found was quite interesting was there was a a world within the world where people could go and live a utopian life um which is where donna went briefly where she was apparently married with the kids yeah. and um everybody was saved in there and that kind of made me think wow that just seems amazing that's that seems such such a nice peaceful ending it's a kind of happy ending where it's not and they lived happily ever after, but it's kind of like, ah, it's the calm of the sea. Yeah, it's, that sounds sounds good. Like that man, because of course that book that was a dream. But when they were back in the library, um, like the she mm. saw him, the, yeah. the, 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 and they remembered him, but couldn't say his name. <laughs> like um, yeah, because he was um, he had the speech impediment, didn't he, or something, or 
and um and donna couldn't couldn't find him in that but she actually ended up getting married and then i think the doctor got her to win the lottery i think that was how her story ended but she didn't actually marry that man in the end so i suppose it was a happy ending but not at the same time yeah yeah it is um i loved like uh, it's very hard but like the best and the rather like a one-off kind of monster i guess um because I would I I would always love to see them again, but it's very hard for monsters like that. What 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 they're gonna do differently? Like, mm. um, um, I, I'm really interested. I, I I am interested like how they did the um the shadow, because they had to do something with the lighting to actually mm. make that kind of happen. Like uh, the moving shadow. I think they probably did it as a split screen with the with the light moving to another place and then add it together, or they did it digitally. But that that was pretty clever. I thought yeah. it was pretty clever and it was quite frightening that they would like throw the chicken leg off into the into the shadows and it would just whip off all of the flesh. <laughs> but um it was it was it was pretty good. I actually think Donna, she's I think she was probably one of the most popular um assistants because she was almost like everybody, a bit geeky, a bit wacky, a bit fun fun. Um you know having trouble with employment having trouble with her love life having trouble with her mother and trying to find self-worth and wanting a friend without there being any kind of emotional like like romantic entanglement so I think she spoke to a lot of people and maybe I think that's why Donna was I think I looked I saw on a poll that she was the second to Sarah Sarah Jane Smith she was the second favorite assistant of all time with Rose and then Amy after that yeah, I, I think maybe because like they weren't like um loving companion you know like like for the, she wasn't falling in love with the doctor no, um that's true um I'm, oh, sorry Jane weren't either really um um but they still adore the doctor but just not more mm. in a friendship kind of way like like with Amy Mm-hmm. Um, and Rose, um, and even Martha, um, that they that that they all kind of um, like just like the Doctor, and mm. the, the Doctor can't. It's an alien who doesn't really understand, I guess, um, yeah. what's what's going on. Um, that's true. Um, I think um, as well with with Donna, is that it was it was just pure friendship with those two, and uh, I think Catherine Tate she's not only funny but she's an amazing actress and she was able to bring a lot of raw emotion to it and I think that's when I really sort of paid attention to Doctor Who when she was the um, companion and then the wife and I went back and we actually re-watched all of it from Christopher Reckleston all the way up to Peter Capaldi and um, I was a bit the, the assistants tend to change a lot and that's one thing that we as autistic people can't always deal with is change we have to deal with not only a new doctor but each doctor has about four different companions that interchange is um how come they can't stick around for a bit Uh, but i suppose it's because the actors and everything but it's good when they come back like they did with rose and they did with harkness but uh, that's one thing that I'm finding a bit difficult with Doctor Who is is all these changes. If you watch it now, it's nothing like it's several doctors and several companions and several tones removed from how it used to be. Yeah, it's like 
it's it's hard, isn't it? Because like it it's it's like you if you grow attached to a certain character, like you you don't want to let it go, and um, like mm-hmm. it is hard. Like mm-hmm. um, I guess like with like Clara, she, I think she probably maybe one of the longest running probably companions. Yeah, she was um because she was uh, along with um Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, as well. Yeah, and um. In the end, she went off and in her own TARDIS and went off on her own adventures. So that's a, a good thing for her. Um, but I think um, I I don't know what it is, but ever since Matt Smith, uh, you know, he 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 put an end to it, and then it was Peter, and then it was Jodie. It's almost every time there's a new Doctor, you're you're thinking halfway through the series is who's going to be the next Doctor, and and because I think that the changes are so frequent, that sets an anxiety of oh my god there's going to be another change there's going to be another personality and um i think um i still can't get my head around regeneration um but um i think i think that was put in there from the very first doctor who couldn't do it anymore and they need to change the actor and it was a cheats way of doing it but um but why does a doctor need to regenerate every two years and why does it have to be a different person why can't he re- he or she or they regenerate to the same life form, but using different. I don't know. It's just my view on that. Yeah, yeah. They they have a couple of times. Um, I think um, like David Tennant done it that Dardic episode, and he got shot by a Dardic. And he, he regenerated into his hand. Um, but you know, I I don't. I remember when Peter Capaldi, I think Bill shot the Twelfth Doctor. And then he didn't do a proper regeneration. He just went into fire and then he didn't fully regenerate. And I was still curious of that. I, how did that happen? Because um, surely they change or, or maybe if they, they get shot by a small bullet, uh, it doesn't really affect them. Mm, yeah, quite possibly. But um, it's um, I think that each time they have chosen a new Doctor, they have chosen the right actor for it. But going forward, it's always who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And now it's sort of becoming a bit political. Like it, they they made it a, a woman, and now um, who who's who's it now that's going to be? Shooty Gatwa. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time with them, especially the last companions, they were from different ethnicities and they were more male sided, whereas it had been female before. And and I think sometimes it can get. It's. I think maybe more focus should be on the story rather than trying to make the characters as different as possible to satisfy them because a lot of the time the fans can become so angry if it doesn't meet up the, to their expectations or what they think it should be and you can't please everybody because somebody might want something that somebody else doesn't like and it's the whole thing I think I suppose it's another thing that resonates about autistic because not pleasing people never doing the right thing you do one thing and it's all right for some person and it's not all right for another person. And sometimes you're like, right, I, I've had enough, enough, jack it in. And just my opinion is that maybe that's why the showrunners changed quite a lot of the time because there was just so much of this going on that you can't go, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And then people go, yeah, but what about this? What about this? And it's just a lot more work than it needs to be. And I think something like Doctor Who or Sherlock that have a lot of expectations set um it i suppose it can be very stress inducing and i used to fantasize about being a writer for sherlock but now i think i'd be like eh, eh, 
I don't think I could do it. It'd be too stressful. And Doctor Who, I think, would be, it would regenerate that stress every single episode because there's always a new thing to live up to. What do the fans want? Or what do we want? You know, it's the fans, but it's also about what what's good for the characters, what's good for the story. So, it it seems like you can never win when it comes to this type of popular fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I think the hard thing when you're autistic as well, like like you said, like change is really hard. Like, um, like I when watching David Turner as a doctor, um, I I, I was attached to him I was about 10 when mm. he probably left mm. and I, 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 was, I was sad <laughs> um uh, it's good when they affect you like that but it's also not because they make you feel the attacks and then like I think the day of 10 could have gone on for an even a good maybe three more or three or four more years if he wanted mm-hmm. to um and I guess that they just want to move on or they just have a contract but like, like you say, it's very political now. Um, like, um, like with the um, like putting it to a girl, and then um, and then now what they what what they're doing now. But I I think like they could have done that years ago, couldn't they? Um, yeah, I think I think I think they should have done it a long time ago. And I think it's um, I think what was really good, I really really liked it, was the fact that they had also an interracial marriage in there and grace and i can't remember what who um debbie walsh played but um i thought that they were just a lovely amazing couple and i love the fact that grace even though she was in only one episode i think it was one episode yeah she resonated through and then the whole thing about the um step-grandson bonding with his step-grandfather i think those are just amazing things well because there's things that we can all relate to because you can make it all about aliens you can make it all about the supernatural and sci-fi but it's about those relationships. I think that's the core of it as well. And re- relationships are the most complex thing, rather than whatever's out there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really like Bradley Walsh's character too. Um, I, I, I wasn't. I, I for me, he Bradley Walsh within Joey Whitaker's era. I think he's the best companion. Mm. Um, beating like Yaz, and uh, it's hard with Dan. I, I do like Dan. Um, I think. Dan is good, but like I think with like a good granddad figure, um, um, that um Graham, his character is called, um, Graham is, and like I think the storyline with Grace was good. Uh, it w- would have been nice to see Grace a bit more because mm. they, they they got on. Um, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, it was um, it's good. Yeah, I I thought that was really good, and um, I I I did like the um those main companions that the joke that uh, Jenny Whittaker had um I think um I think she 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 brought such a massive resonance to the character that she still sort of like was very doctory and didn't try and sort of emulate sort of like say well how can I be like the previous one she made it her own so I'm kind of sad she's going uh but it'll be great to see what you know what what every actor brings to it they bring a part of themselves and um so I, th- I think it's going in the right direction, but I think there's a huge pressure on the producers and everyone to um, to make sure that they get it right. And I think that's a good thing. We should definitely be a lot more inclusive and, and shows like Doctor Who have a responsibility to make sure that everything, that, that, that they don't make everything all 
straight, white, you know, and that everything is throughout the whole spectrum of all, all kinds of ethnicities and um, sexualities and, and differences, it should all be celebrated. So maybe another um, um, companion could be somebody who is um, physically disabled. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and um, I did like the fact that Bradley Walsh's character, he's like, what, 60 or supposed to be like 50, 60, because yeah. quite a lot of them were younger, like young women, you know, and it's great to have a older companion. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. yeah. Since Wilfred, I think he's mm. been the best, uh, like, since Wilfred, like, like, because he's he one of the best grounded figures in Dot 2, like, I think. Bradley Walsh is done really well with that, and I would have liked to see him for longer, like um in, in the series. Um, yeah. Um, not, but like I I like it, it like the, the thing about Ryan's character is a bit the only thing that's really like sad about it. It's because it's, they did a, a dyspraxia storyline, but I don't think it was fulfilled to its like maximum that 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 they could have done with it, and mm. like, um so. That's only thing like with his character because uh, he he doesn't feel like he's there a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he's more like just like a side character. He's just there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get that. It's it, that's the thing about having a character there for the sake of having them there. What purpose are they? Because in if in if you were thinking in reality, if the Doctor really did exist, they'd take somebody with them who they feel could be useful, or they would like say, "I can show you the world and more." Um, somebody who they're either interested in or can bring something to the party and yeah I, I think it's um you can't just have somebody there for the sake of just having them there but I think maybe in reality if you're friends with somebody and you like them it's not always about what you say after you but you like their company so I suppose in a way it's company I guess hmm. I guess he, he did say some good kind of encouraging lines to the doctor um but um, like sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just yeah. need that person that gives you those little comforting lines, as well as somebody like um, Motherarth who can basically fix anything. You know, like if something's broken, you can fix it. But then I'm someone who more would like sort of um, sit there and analyze something. And then we've got somebody else who's more of a sort of like I'll give you a hug and keep you know. So everybody brings something to the party. So. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's good to be like that. Um, like, but I feel like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor is between the lines of Matt Smith and um, David Tennant's Doctors, like, in that kind of realm kind of thing. Like, they are very um, similar incarnations. So if they messed the game of incarnations up, she would fit in between them two because, of course, Peter Capaldi is very different. Mm -hmm. um, so she has a couple of similarities um, mm -hmm. with Matt and David's. Mm -hmm. I think um, Peter Paul, I don't know what it is about Peter Capaldi, but the way that he was and even the way his character dressed, he reminded me of a magician. <laughs> he reminded me of somebody who could sort of say, and here we have, you know, and then just show a box with something that was in it that isn't now. He just reminds me of, of a magician. <laughs> it's a shame he didn't have a wand then. Yeah, that that you know that instead of having a sonic a screwdriver, <laughs> he could have said, "Well, I'll just get this. Uh, it'll make make it look like one of those magicians' wands, you know, because everybody yeah, think, oh, that's yeah. a gimmick.' No, it's a real thing. Yeah, that actually works. Yeah, it could, but it, that would, 
that would have been good but it is it, it'd be interesting if the, if doctor who goes on for much longer that what 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 differences they would they would create you know how much can you can you do until the imagination runs out which i don't get the will but um that'd be a good thing yeah i i was worried for it um like if if Jodie did another series, um, how it would turn out because, of course, like ratings have gone down, like um, which it was even before Jodie was Doctor, um, mm-hmm. it, I think it was between Peter and and Jodie, just the the writing hasn't been to its kind of best, like that 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 Doctor is used to, um, mm-hmm. and like, I was worried to to see it it, it, it might have been Axe, but that but but now that that. The sixtieth is just around the corner, and then you've got um, like Russell T Davis back. Um, I think it's okay. It's it's going to be okay for the future. I think the future, thinking of the future, they've got um a transgender um kind of character storyline um mm. for, for the for the sixtieth, which is great. Um, it, it's good to see the the cast and more diverse. Uh, like the, the diverse actors, like you got the new Doctor Who is 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 the first kind of gay actor to play the Doctor, so. That is that's good. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um. I think. Um. I was gonna say like Bill Potts. I like the fact that they had a, a lesbian character as well, and that there was a love story uh, attached with that, which was quite, quite touching. And um. Uh, I think some certain characters. I mean, we all know who the Daleks are. I mean, they're probably mm. the most recognisable villain in the whole thing. But then you yeah. got things like the Weeping Angels. I'd love to see them come back. They were amazing. And sometimes I think that familiar familiarity can be yes, we we like a new doctor, we may like a new companion and fresh start, but we'd like to see some old oldie goldies, you know, back. Um, or what were they called? The the silence, yeah. the ones that you don't yeah. see when you look look away, um, because apparently they were destroyed, but maybe they weren't. You, you never know. They um they were seen in um you know the episode that Captain Jack came back um mm-hmm. with the thirtieth Doctor when the she was in the prison they were in the cell so um right okay yeah 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 I mean it it'd be quite interesting to see those and um I think the Vashta Narada I'd love to see those come back in some other some other kind of form and maybe get maybe a, um an origin story about those it, it'd be i think it's good to go not just bring in a villain have the villain defeated for the sake of it but go deeper into things and i think that's what we as autistic people like we like to find explanations for things so i think um the whole thing about finding an explanation for something is um it is, is a deeper episode to go into and it's and it can't just be all for show it's got to be deeper than that yeah yeah i, I would love to see them back too um, and it would be nice not to be in the library this time. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I don't mind it in the library. I loved it in the library, but it's just somewhere different. Um, yeah. be- because did you remember when the doctor said, um, I think to Donna, um, when when he was on the floor, that, that like I think it might have been River as well that they asked, um, like he said, Vashta Narada hunt in the dark, and he said that they're all they're on Earth, mm-hmm. and I remember him saying they're on Earth and like like roadkill and stuff like that. So. It could be an Earth storyline where they're somewhere somewhere on Earth because he said that. That's right. Um, I mean, that could be many things. So, yeah, if anyone's seeing this who can get me a job on Doctor Who as a writer, me, yeah, because yeah. I, 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 I do, I am a writer at my at my heart, but I write for myself really. So oh, I think, I think, but um, 
I have only I've only published one novel, but that's um, but that's it took me a long time to write that thing. But I think writing is um at my heart and core. But I do that for myself. Oh, well, it's a, it's a good hobby. Um, but I think Doctor Who is one of the hardest shows to write. Mm. <laughs> um, hardest things to write. Definitely, it, it's I suppose it's um a rewarding process, but a stressful process. Yeah, yeah, because um like um. Uh, I I listen to Russell T Davies. He says, um, like if people like Doctor Who is one of the hardest things that he's 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 ever done, and like, um, and it is um, it it's very difficult. It, even think about it on a side like you got to have a new story. Um, mm-hmm. not everyone's gonna like every episode, but it's mm-hmm. um, like I don't like every episode, um. I, the, the episodes I don't like are, you know, the time loop ones where they go in circles. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Um, so I, I, I did like that one thing I really loved was the whole story of Amy and Rory, you know, and um, the fact that 2,000 years and he still, you know, stayed by her side and everything. And um, so I think... Um, I think I've run out of things to think about really just then. <laughs> yeah, like um Rory, um it was interesting because I think the doctor said um he told Rory to go somewhere else and like you don't have to watch her and then he said, um, will she be safe without me? Like watching her, he said no. So it it, it the, the whole story the Rory storyline always reminds me of the Clara storyline because they all all the time like dying all the time and coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, there's about Rose going into the um, parallel universe with her doctor, and um, do you know I really loved that. Um, what was her name? That Freema, Fre- Martha. Uh, Martha. I love that Martha and Mickey got married in the end. I love that they met once. You only see them meet once, and then they get married, and they end up. Uh, she left unit, and then just joined. Then she made this sort of like rogue assassin you know with with Mickey I think that was really good and I think Mickey deserved that because I think he was sidelined a lot you know and he was the he was in love with Rose and yet she fell out of love with him and and I think it was a good thing that he found the right one and that Martha found the right one so that was a good storyline I thought that things do come full circle and that people do find their right one but not every they're not all about happy endings in Doctor Who no like um but like like with Bill, I would have loved to see Bill go on to the go on from the two to twelve to thirteen, Doctor. Yeah, yeah. She she wasn't in it very much, was she? Um. So sometimes you get those um companions that are in it just once. I think it was was there a lady de Souza that Michelle Ryan yeah. played, and I think the Doctor said no, I don't want you to come with me. And I'm um. But I thought, well, what what was the point then? <laughs> you know. But then I suppose there's always going to be one that doesn't stick it stay at it for long or i'd like i like them to sometimes go back to previous companions after going with others like they, that happened with with rose it happened with donna it happened with martha and i think i'd like to see that a little bit more because sometimes i don't know whether you're the same i like to sort of reminisce and I, and sometimes i think the past is some things from the past are so comforting to me that i want them back yeah like um but then i think moving on is sometimes very hard for us yeah. to do yeah i i i like that about like especially like 
the last episodes of Day 10 and going back to everyone, even the mm. little ones like that riot on the um the family of blood storyline. Like, mm. like um but it like just going back to those other ones you don't expect and I I'd like to see like more of that. It, it was it's really good. Like how many the tenth doctor went to and I think for each doctor now that that, that they, they follow on that. It might not go seeing them like David Tennant's cat a doctor did, but like with Matt, he had like Amy like had like a ghost like a, a vision at the end and then you had Peter Capaldi had them always like um, androids like mm-hmm. in that android figure and I presume Jodie will be the same like they'll they all come back for her last mm-hmm. episode as well that'd be amazing yeah but it's um I think it's just got the potential to go on forever but it's it's never going to be the same as it was and I think we when you sign up to Doctor Who you've got to sign up to the fact that it is going to be an ever-changing ever-evolving yes it's going to have nostalgia yes there are going to be things that go full circle but then quite a lot of the time the circle goes right out of the loop and you have to when, when, before you go into it you have to sign up for that so you go to something like Sherlock you know that you're always going to have Sherlock with the doctor you're never going to always have that one doctor you're never always going to have that one companion so yeah the, the one thing i love about doctor who though is the music i mm-hmm. I, I love the music that i do as well i think it's changed each time they've um they brought in a new doctor haven't they so yeah uh, but i think it, it's all got that same blueprint but i think that's um i do like yeah i like the music as well yeah like whenever i do a podcast or or something. Uh, when I write it up, I have to put the music on in the background. <laughs> um, so I, uh, so I can concentrate. And I, I, sometimes, with my autism, I'll play the same one over and over again. Yeah, I do. Um, I was talking to a therapist about that, and the thing about re-watching the same thing again and again is that it's something you enjoy. There's no surprises, so you're never going to be, um, you're never going to be disappointed because you know that you're going to do the same thing. Yes, it may not have the same effect it on you when you first see it but then that's a good thing because if you re-watch it and re-watch it you know you're always comforted like I re-watched the Big Bang Theory over and over and over I think we're we're, we're on the like 10th marathon that we've done <laughs> because yeah. we know exactly what it what's going on and it's one of my favorite um sitcoms and I think with Doctor Who I could quite easily do marathons of that but I think I'd probably need a lot more series <laughs> Than, yeah. than that so I'm, I'm quite happy for it to continue yeah it's it's good like that it, it is going to continue um and I, I wonder what if they because that's why this is a classic who didn't have a breakup I wonder if that will happen again um at some point um like they may get to like maybe the 28th series or something or maybe that they want to reboot it or, or go back to series one uh, I don't know like if they could go up to maybe a hundred series <laughs> of um of new who but you know mm-hmm. It is um, it's something that I like, and um, it's I, I just love soundtracks. Um, but the the Doctor Who music for Jodie, I don't as enjoy, um, mm. as much as before. Um, which I know it's a change thing, but the, the only thing I have about the music is I don't really as connected to it, and as like um, it's very quiet as well. The music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I. I have to say, I'm going to have to, you, you know, this has made me want to go back and re-watch them because they're all on Netflix, I think. I think I'm a BBC player. 
they are yeah i think yeah. they're also on netflix but i think oh, i'll I think oh. I'll go back and, and re-watch them and yeah. everything yeah, yeah but um it's it like one of the things it showed you was um the uh the tardis showing i can't remember who it was the the i think it was rose or might have been donna the origins of earth you know mm. how earth first formed and about the the moon being um, a dragon's egg oh yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah it's um it's i i do i do enjoy all of those ones like there was the one where there was the, the devil the beast yeah that that one has always stayed with me because it's it's dark i like it when it when they go to the dark and mysterious there's always those few ones that, that stay with you but i think my favorite ones are the ones with donna i just like her as a character and i think the ones with donna i don't know why but they i think they were the best ones yeah like for me, series four is the best series of of the like Doctor, like Doctor Who that I've watched. Yeah, because um, they have Donna in it, and um, it's great. Like I love the two parts, especially. I I I love two part episodes. Um, mm-hmm. um, but the only thing is, like they leave it on a two could be continued, and then you you're thinking to yourself, I've got to wait another week to see what happens. <laughs> I know that's that's why sometimes I like it when you get um like series release on Netflix or something like that where you can binge watch an entire series. Yeah. Um but um I think it's good to have it be to be continued, but maybe it's probably best to have a, an entire series with a continuous storyline that may be changing each episode but culminates in um a marrying of different things all in the final episode. So it was all building up yeah. to something. Because quite a lot of the time it's all these little individual adventures to a certain planet that's got some trouble and then it needs to be sorted out. And then either the doctor saves the day or the companion saves the day. Um that maybe it's um more part of the bigger picture maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know when like you watch an episode and it says it says next time and it gives you a little clip. Would you like rather watch that, or, or would you like to be surprised, like not to see what happens next week till you see it? I'd like, to, in many ways, I'd like to be surprised because if I see a clip, then my mind will be going right, saying, "What's that?" So if they just say, "Let's just tune in next time for whatever it's going to be," that might make my mind go right, but it's not going to plant a seed. I'm going to go into it without any prior no- prior knowledge or expectation. Yeah. So in many ways, I think that's a good thing. On the fence about that, really. Yeah, um, and and like, because Doctor Who always used to be on Saturdays. Mm. Um, when the whole thing got changed, when like Jodie came in, and it changed to Sunday. Like, what was you like? Um, because like with autism and like routine, like you're used to that kind of day. Like, did that kind of bother you that they changed the day? Not really, because I used to watch it. Um. Uh, I didn't always watch it when it actually first came out. I would often watch it um, midweek anyway, when we'd have like a Doctor Who night. So that didn't change. Or if I missed an episode, then we would watch them together another time. Or if we w- wanted to read, like if we'd missed a few episodes, we would pick a time to watch them. So I actually, I have routine, but the I can't remember the last time I ever watched regular television. Me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm always watching these like shows on Amazon Prime, Netflix. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, I like when I was growing up, I I I I used to watch Emmerdale and like Coronation Street with my family, but 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 now that that's kind of the, it's boring to me because it's the same all the mm. time. Um, but it annoys me when the storyline goes on for so long. 
Um, mm. that's why I like Doctor Who because normally, not recently because we haven't found out with, with Jodie with all the storylines, but normally in a series that you that will get resolved, maybe two series max. Um, but with a soap, it could be a year <laughs> until that's something right. gets finished. And I'm thinking, I want to know now. I don't want to wait a year. And then mm-hmm. that, that that's one of the reasons I stopped watching these senders because I waited a year to see um like a storyline. I wanted to know what happened, and then when I knew what happened, I was really disappointed. Uh, so I I stopped watching it. <laughs> yeah, I think um because back then, like um when I was much younger, that was all we had was the regular television. We didn't know any different, and nobody knew where the internet was going to take us. Nobody knew it would be like it would be years now. But now that it is, you can't go back. No, to how it was because yeah. you get so used to it. Um. And so I don't think I could sit there and go, oh, it's going to be on in 10 minutes and everything like that, because I like having, because when I was younger, I used to love having television in my room where I could watch what I wanted when I wanted. Yes, I had to put a cassette tape in uh, and then eventually DVDs. So it's kind of like the same thing. It's kind of like having your own room with your own on demand, but albeit with a thing that you have to put into a device. So yeah. So I suppose it's just that sort of evolved, really. So, yeah. Um, I know, you, like we said about like Saturday Sundays, but would you watch it like because they changed it for Christmas specials, like they had Christmas specials, and then now it's on New Year's Day special. Like, are you that bothered about that? Um, I think if it when it comes to New Year's and Christmas, I would be okay with that because that to me is a whole time for chilling out, and there's a lot more things to do at the time so I won't be sitting there thinking you know I can't wait for that I'll be like well there's a lot of other things I can watch in the time because there's so many more things that's on over Christmas yeah so many more things to do so that's fine but yeah the whole thing about waiting a whole week to see a conclusion of a story it's always frustrating but I think that's a good thing because that keeps you hooked because there's no continuation um of a story or if it's not not very many continuations then that's not really what television is at the end of the day yeah, if you don't keep the audience script, it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, we have to wait. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, if it's a Netflix series, might have ten episodes in one hit. So, and then, and then there's no more kind of content for that. Maybe for another year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Like, but the doctor shows quite a lot of autistic traits themselves, don't they? Yes. Yeah. The talk, the talking incessantly, the spilling out of the knowledge at a million miles an hour. If someone like that, you think, well, okay, right, slow down, slow down. So yeah, you can sort of understand that in a way that they he looks human, but he's not. And um, so yeah, I think we I think in many ways we can all sort of like um, acknowledge that. And to be called the Doctor, like being given an alias, it's almost like being given a gang name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Know, yeah, yeah, it's 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 say for example if we if we were on Autistica, what would we all be called? Um, <laughs> we we could be like X Men where we get ourselves <laughs> our own names. Um, yeah, it could just be um, I don't know. Um, that's a good thing to think about, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so then you got the yeah. the Doctor, the Master. You know, who, what else are you going to call them? Are you going to make up a, a whole word or whatever? Yeah, it, it must be half of them to create these all these new monsters, though. Um, mm. because 
I love seeing new monsters. Um, like I like seeing old ones back too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would love to see Slovene back, Silurians as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I I love the Slovene because they were just funny. <laughs> um, they're just like Joker aliens where you don't get that much. Mm-hmm. Um, like it is funny when the Doctor has jokes with them, and I would love to see a jo- an alien companion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the um it was a good idea to do things like the doppelgangers was quite quite funky because it it sort of makes you backtrack and think, hang on, did I miss something? At what point did they become a doppelganger? You know, it's uh, I, I like the fact that they come up with new. It's not just monsters; it's different uh, beings and stuff. But I think there was one that um, it reminded me of anime because it was something that I've seen in anime. It might have been from Japanese folklore, where a, a creature eats. A person and that person's still alive inside them and their face comes out on their body um that's not a new thing that that's that i remember seeing in um, anime uh, a while ago and um and then it had the people inside like destroying him and then she still lives inside that slab and i thought there's always they're always going to find some way of bringing somebody back i think it's a good thing but i think sometimes i think they have to put some real things in there you have to deal with things like death and stuff and I know they do that, especially like with Grace and that. And I thought that was a brave thing to do, that they weren't going to bring her back. That, yeah. that dealing with grief is, is a real thing. Yeah. I won't put past Doctor Who to uh, to bring maybe back for Joe last episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it seems like they're bringing everyone back for that. Um, yeah. Um, it's quite crazy. <laughs> um, because it's, 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 I think it's the, um, they call it the Doctor Who, Century special to celebrate the BBC like hundred years. Mm. Um, That'd be good, yeah. Definitely tuned for that. Yeah, you've got um, but you've got the dot. The, the thing I'm interested in because they got the Daleks and Cybermen in the same episode. So the last time I saw that was with like I think the Doomsday kind of storyline. So I want to see if they have a conversation again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I I I definitely want to see that. Daleks, you you'll never get never get sick of seeing Daleks. They're always so good. Yeah, it is gonna be it is gonna be fun. Like, um, I I would like to see different time lords like within the next series, other than maybe the master, because there, there's so many more they can have. Um, mm-hmm. like a main time lords, you know. Definitely, and more and different tardises and stuff. Because wasn't it the tardis originally could take the form of something near there and it just got stuck as a core box and maybe we could see another TARDIS that can morph into those different things. Yeah. So, but I think um, they, they couldn't do it because it would be too tricky to keep changing it, but they can do anything now in the digital age. So. Yeah, they could even bring back dead actors in Doctor Who because the technology is so much clever now. Yeah, that's true. But even that they, they did with, um, you know, the, um, the actor who played the first Doctor when they did the the dramatization of how Doctor Who began. I mean, they used him as the first Doctor, so you could always get actors come actors come into it to play old Doctors who played old Doctors. Um, so that that might be one way of doing it, and I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You could you could recreate them digitally, definitely. most definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see someone like that with Sarah Jane, mm-hmm. um, like Sarah Jane's character, mm-hmm. because. She didn't really get like in Doctor Who. She didn't. No one said goodbye. I guess. Um, yeah. To her, I know that they did a like little clip like with Mrs. Smith and that for her, but 
there wasn't something in Doctor Who, um, which I, I'm glad that she got to, to have like David Tennant and Matt Smith like work with them and Sarah Jane and Doctor Who. Yeah, there wasn't wasn't there the Sarah Jane Chronicles as well. I think so. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't I didn't really see that, but I'm glad that you know she had that. But the, the actress who played her passed away, didn't she? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Bernard Crippenstead as well. Like um. Yeah. More recently, he played Wilfred. So. Yeah. Um, that that was sad, but um, he's supposed to be in the, in the sixtieth. So I hope all those got all the scenes that he was supposed to do there was was fulfilled so you can see a little kind of have a little send off for him character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it's like something definitely worth worth uh, worth watching. Um you got you got Donna so yeah you 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 you'll be having a good time there because you you like Donna. <laughs> I do I do like Donna. I do like Donna. Yeah. That'd be so good. Do you know I some I sometimes wish that um um that Donald could come back as a full companion again. Like, can we have a re-companion of an old companion? That'd be good. So yeah. old company. It's like it's like having your old friends back, you know, from school. Yeah, yeah it's it is gonna be fun. Like, um, been, I don't know if David Tennant's come back as a tenth doctor, it's gonna be interesting to see mm-hmm. to see what happens there. If like it's gonna be interesting. I always get excited, although we don't like change in Doctor, I always get excited about our regeneration. Um I not the more to see what happens, like what's the cause of it? What 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 why is the doctor getting regenerated for? Um and then to see like who it is next. Um because it's like the 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 the, 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 the whole rumour going around like it might be David Tennant might be regenerating a while and because the sixtieth is coming up. Um mm. and then maybe shoot you get well the, the next door on Doctor Tom maybe gets introduced a bit later on. Mm. Um, that sounds really yeah. that sounds very interesting indeed but yeah be yeah. worth thinking about um i want to go and watch it all now again yeah so. you should you should um <laughs> also another thing about like linking autism into things i don't know about you're the same but because joey Whitt got the 13th series and she's the 13th doctor and she get, was going to get a 14th series and he's going to be the 14th doctor so okay i i like with numbers and autism i always think about that mm-hmm yeah, correlation between them. I mean, they could always do twos, like up in twos. So you have two series for Doctor Seven, fourteen. So all of that, but it's um, I think that's a good way of looking at it in numbers. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it is good and like um, it it is it, it, it's fun and like like the autism community is kind of really impacted by Doctor as a show, mm-hmm. um, and. During this series area, I've had people that aren't autistic too. So, mm. I, so if they don't know about it, like you can, um, because people know about Doctor Who. If you like Doctor Who, you know more or less you go know more about Doctor Who than some people do about autism. So mm. I thought linking the two between them, like um, having um, like split it in between, like having some autistic, have some not, because some people you normally get now like people know about it but they don't often know a lot about it so mm-hmm. i thought that was a good way to do things yeah sounds pretty good but yeah. um yes i think um one of the one just to maybe finish on is um one thing i found was um one of my favorite episodes again with donna was the adipose one oh because <laughs> i i really wanted to get a plush adipose because oh, I, I wanted i wanted something to a stress ball like an adipose and I, and I did find them but apparently they didn't get good reviews because they burst 
Oh. So I was thinking of maybe sort of like, because um, I've got clay, is making my own clay adipose. I know that I won't be able to squish it, but that's one thing I'd like to do, is make get my own adipose. Or see if I can get an adipose pot final. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, I I I like collecting like teddies and that. Like like you can see down there, like you have got um, K nine um the thirteenth Doctor Builder Bear and the tenth Doctor Builder Bear, oh. um, and I also got a tenth Doctor Pudsey. Um, I wanted to get the 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 eleventh Pudsey, but they didn't have it in stock. Um, mm. but I love collecting teddies. Like not just Doctor Who. Like if I go to somewhere I'm interested in, I'll get one. And add, the other poses on the list, so I do want another pose kind of thing um because i like making doctor Who videos like like acting it out and stuff but that's another like interest of mine um but yeah yeah you have to let me know how that goes you, you have to show me what the <laughs> the clay the post looks like if, if, if i could make a decent one I'll, I'll show you if not if i find one on amazon <laughs> i'll see if i can link, link you to that but that sounds like yeah. a really good thing or, or have a an added pose on my key ring so oh. that good. <laughs> yeah um I guess, like, before we finish, like, is there, like, um, I know you said before that you might not have, like, a quote, but did you have a, um, any advice that you want to give about autism? Um, I'd say probably just be a bit more open to there being different worlds out there. And when I say worlds, I don't mean physical worlds, is ways of seeing the world that the, the blueprint for, for what we would call neurotypical isn't the right way of being and that there are other ways of being um so say for example if you think of the oud they may look very odd and scary but appearances can be deceiving whereas it's the same with us with autism we may look the same we're not so bear that in mind that's all that's what i would say well i love that you can link like autistic people to like in the same mindset of the oud because like uh, that, that's really clever <laughs> yeah I, I i do like to do that linking and uh, analogies i think are probably the, yeah. the um the ways that i see things best and um i don't know what it is about that that particular species i just sort of think they're they're, they're odd like me and plus you don't have they don't have the same sort of art you don't have to keep the same eye contact and the facial expressions and everything like that so they seem to be a lot easier to get on with probably uh yeah they do um it's almost like yeah, yeah i i i completely agree there um well i i hope to see you in a autistica um Ari. <laughs> um we'll have to uh well, i'll see you there <laughs> yeah yeah if it ever comes to Sorry. fruition you'd be on the first boat ride and yeah uh, yeah yeah i look forward to that like like, like that little kind of a thing that you said you might do about like autistic or, or autistic um being able to kind of create maybe what it could look like um or something <laughs> yeah that i think that i think there's there's a website where you can sort of like do a little bit like a talking did where you can make up your own worlds and stuff like that even your own religions and laws and, and everything so if i can actually get somewhere that like an island and call it autistica and then I can just sort of make it so it's all in the right order and, and everything like that that that'll be and maybe like you said like more wintry yeah that'd be, that'd be nice yeah mm -hmm. I'll have a couple of ood standing in it or something <laughs> yeah I think the ood I think can probably just be like um 
be guardians nice. or something like the Gar- protectors. Gu- guardians definitely yeah that that yeah. that'll be nice that'll be good i think yeah. they'd be very honorable they'd be very respectful um about it so yeah so the i think i don't know why it is about the ood and the planet of the ood that i just found that's that's me yeah we we don't want to turn red eyes though we want to keep them no we want good good yeah um well it's been great being to ari um i hope i I hope you've enjoyed it Mm -hmm. i have definitely thank you very much for having me definitely and like well we'll we'll keep in touch about um all, all, all autistica and we'll, <laughs> we'll see what we can do about it. Alrighty. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks, Harry. All right. Bye.